Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. This is Season 4, Episode 13, Three Days of Snow. And with me, as always, Jen. Hey, everybody. And I don't have anything to lead into this. What did you think of this episode? Um, I enjoyed it. Again, it yeah, wasn't one of the best, but it had its moments. I feel like I've been saying that a lot lately, but it's the truth. Yeah, there wasn't... <laughs> It was very in the middle. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything very bad, and there wasn't anything very good. Yeah, I didn't really dislike anything. I had a hard time finding a least favorite joke. There's a couple contenders for best joke. There's a lot of pop culture references in this one. I wonder if you recognized a lot of them. We'll see. Okay. Well, I'm ready to just jump into this. I don't have anything else to share. Nope. I'm ready. I feel like I mean, we, rec- we recorded the last episode about five days ago, so, so. not much has happened in life. We start off with narrator Ted telling his kids that sophomore year of college, when Aunt Lily came back from spring break, Uncle Marshall surprised her at the airport. So we get a running story of one of them coming back from a trip. Well, it's always Lily. No, wasn't there one where Marshall came back with a beer from Minnesota? Oh. Hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. Just kidding. Right. So one of them, usually it's been Lily. More of them were Lily. But one of them's coming back from a trip, bringing a six-pack of a local beer from that trip. Has some sort of punny name. Right. That's clever in most cases. And the other person is picking them up from the airport. Mm -hmm. So we get uh, Fort Lagerdale. We get a mini cider from Minnesota. And then there's a kind of a... Not bad gag of Lily coming back clearly from Colorado with Aspen Yards ale, and the pun actually doesn't mean anything. (laughs) And neither of them understand. Yeah. Lily was kind of hoping he did. Marshall does this sort of weird, like, jaunty elbow thing when he's waiting for her (laughs) to come back in. I didn't really get what he was going for there. Well, he's got a little chauffeur's cap on and a sign with her name on it. It's very cutesy. Yeah, so he's being like a jaunty chauffeur, mm-hmm. I guess. Okay. Yep. It's cute. But we cut to today, or modern day, and they're at McLaren's. Marshall's telling Ted that he's not picking her up. And we get a running theme of, as we mature, the relationship matures with us. I can't tell if this is something him and Lily had been saying to each other, because they both say it over the course of the Yeah, I had a hard time initially trying to figure out, like, did he just decide this, or did they decide it together? But now, you know... It does say Lily doesn't want him to do that. I but didn't, it almost sounded like he Lily does, like that. he's yeah. presuming. But then later, I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was something later that made it seem like, no, like they, they jointly decided they weren't going to do this, which why that means she can't bring him back beer. This was a strange storyline. Yeah, it was. Because, yeah, if any couple's going to continue to be cutesy for eternity, it's going to be Lily and Marshall. Sure. Ted doesn't like this. He thinks they're an inspiration. But Marshall's sticking with a the theme of we're not going to do these traditional things that we do anymore. Uh, but as Ted's trying to convince him otherwise that that's what Ted aspires to, Bart comes, Barney runs up and says, Ted, there's two college girls outside, and they look easy. And they both dramatically run outside. Yeah, they both <laughs> do a Barney-type run outside. Turns out these girls are from Arizona... I think, is it Arizona Tech? Tech? Yeah, it, it's... Un- it's a made-up school, I think. <laughs> yeah, they just they start with Arizona, but then as it... Yeah, they discuss the party school bingo. It 
Barney mentions it's Arizona Tech. I like Ted's attempt to check on their age by <laughs> right. saying he's never seen an Arizona driver's license. But Barney already took care of that and confirmed that they are of age. Right. So they're in town. Their band has a gig. Now, can you call it a gig if it's a marching band? I, I feel would like think no. it would be a performance. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they thought they were not going to say they were in a marching band. And so they just thought it sounded cooler to these older guys. I don't think so. But I th- this was clearly just to fool us. Yeah. As the watchers. And Ted suggests maybe they can come see him play. And then we get these very sitcom-y, <laughs> Ted, can I see you for a moment? And they go back and they keep going back inside to sidebar. Right. So they're outside initially, like just kind of like up the steps from McLaren's. And then, yeah, Ted and... Barney have to run back down the stairs into McLaren's every time they have one of these little sidebars. Barney informs him that they're not going to go see them play. That that makes them no better than the bleach blonde bimbos. That's tough to say. (laughs) Who flash their boobs at the Van Halen concert. And he's got a point. But Ted also has a point that those girls get to have sex with Van Halen. (laughs) Barney's. If you want to have sex with Van Halen, do it on your own time. (laughs) Doesn't really answer. (laughs) Picking up on Ted's. (laughs) Suggesting. But Barney suggests that they need to be the older guys who never showed up and whose approval they now crave, and we get sort of a running thing of father aban- fatherly abandon. Right, so now they're turning into their dads, which gets weird in a little bit. Right. <laughs> so when Barney's telling them why they can't come, he said, it's a big meeting, like a dad telling their kid <laughs> that they can't make it to their recital because it's a big, they've got to work. Maybe and next just, time, kiddo. <laughs> which is weird, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you were an older guy when we started dating. If you had acted like that, that would have been <laughs> really... Condescending. Um, yeah. Or not even condescending, just very... Gross. <laughs> paternal in a weird way. Yeah, wouldn't have been into that. Glad that wasn't my approach because I was really <laughs> weighing my options. <laughs> Interesting. None of you would be listening to this podcast now if Steve had tried to turn it into a daddy situation. Ted suggests that they should meet up after the show. They could exchange numbers, then we get another sidebar from Barney into the McLarens down the steps. Yeah, and this is interesting. This one doesn't make sense. Because, yeah, we've never heard this before, but Barney just thinks you're just supposed to set up dates with no exchange of numbers, and that way women have to show up. Yeah, that, to the it's, dates. it's the opposite. <laughs> They're more <laughs> right. likely to show up if they think they've got to deal with you calling them all the time, like, why didn't you come? Yeah, it seems very easy to yeah, just bail, but. And, yeah, we've. How does Barney get booty calls if he doesn't exchange numbers? It's all very confusing. Yeah, this isn't his general philosophy. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this as he's giving his rationale. He says check and mate, and then does like this hip thrust thing. No, I didn't. As, notice as that. the mate, <laughs> and I'm very glad I didn't. But okay, he says the only di- digits he needs are these, and he puts his fingers out and goes honk in a really slow, creepy way, as though he's. Uh, pantomiming, squeezing breasts. Yeah. But and here's Ted has a good line. Yeah, Ted wants to know if he's still their dad, which <laughs> I want to know, too. This is all very icky and weird. <laughs> Daddy's home. Ew. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> See, that just that does not work on me. <laughs> they agree to meet there at 10 o'clock tomorrow. So one of the girls mentions, you know, it's probably supposed to snow. What, are, what, what should we do if there's a blizzard? And they just agree no matter what, they're going to be there. Ted says, no problem. <laughs> Barney pulls him aside again. You think Barney's going to come down on him for this, right. but actually Barney enjoyed this one. 
Right. And again, I'm, t- I'm having such a hard time with this whole scene. It's <laughs> like, if I'm these girls, I'm like, what the fuck? No, that's why it's so sitcom because right. it's like when you say something, but the other person doesn't hear it. Right. This is exactly the same thing of what? What is wrong with these people? <laughs> right. Exactly. They would have disappeared at one of those interludes. Yes, absolutely. There's kind of a funny, you know, they say totally awesome. And then Barney makes fun of them. Totally awesome. Well, so no, yeah, you, you have the, <laughs> the cadence down wrong. So Barney says, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow night. And they go, totally awesome. And then Barney mimics that. Like, Man, these college chicks sound stupid. And then Ted agrees. Totally. totally. And Barney, Barney says, awesome. awesome. <laughs> I, I was going in the same direction. <laughs> Here's a line I don't understand. Barney says, so here's the thing. Tomorrow night, dress to move. It's going to be a mess. I have no idea what that means. Do you? No. That's very That's a very strange line. Yeah. Ted's concerned. He thinks they should have gotten their numbers. Barney gets down on him for assuming something's going to go wrong. Barney promises nothing's going to go wrong. And we get the first few snowflakes. And then we get, like, a zoom out to, like, this massive snowstorm, which I was like, there's no way that that, like, they clearly, like, did this hyperbolically. Apparently that was, like, a mimic of a real storm that happened. <laughs> I feel like they were mimicking the day after tomorrow in that scene because you get that shot after the show, the snow mm. starts showing up. You see all the, the cloud cover okay. from space. Yeah, I think the, that, was, that was sort of an homage. Okay, yeah, the trivia that I read said that it was like almost exactly like this storm that happened in 1991. 91, not 2009? Yes. Okay. Um, and then, <laughs> fun meteorological fact is the storm in that they show is going counterclockwise, but apparently... Okay, here we go. So the image of the storm just prior to the opening theme song is spinning clockwise, but in the northern hemisphere, storms spin counterclockwise due to the Coriolis effect. Yeah, I think we learned about that in The Simpsons, where they go to Australia and the toilets flush the other way. Is that the same effect between (laughs) toilets and storms? Yeah, maybe. Maybe there's something there. Obviously. You didn't know that? <laughs> um, and then so the other one was, yeah, the image of the storm shown in the cold opening imitate the exact weather conditions of The Perfect Storm of 1991. The movie The Perfect Storm? That's what, so I had to click on it. <laughs> so I was like, is this like a cultural or a pop culture thing? I don't think, yeah, or, but no, it, it was. I think that movie came later anyways. But no, it was an actual storm in October of 1991. So, fun facts. If you say so. Hey, I thought it was interesting. All right, so the the blizzard of 2009 was a monster. I wonder if there really was a huge blizzard of 2009. Is that when you lived here and we had the big one in D.C. too? or No, I didn't move that here later? until June of 2009. Okay. So it was after that. Um, and this came out, I looked I looked up the date because I was kind of wondering. Um, it was This episode was January 19th, 2009. So this was, yeah, them just making up something. Okay. Ted and Barty and McLaren's, they're kind of there by themselves. There's one guy that passes out, I guess. Yeah, it was either that or did he slip on the wet floor? It's unclear. But yeah, nobody else is in the bar, and usually, obviously, you know, the bar's packed. So Ted's worried the girls aren't coming. Barney introduces us to a game he's been playing called Party School Bingo. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I love this. Ted just doesn't react at all, just yeah. kind of looks at him. He doesn't bite. <laughs> Barney needs someone to bite on this comment. 
Right. So, and yeah. prompts Ted to ask for more. And I do like this exchange. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Playboy releases a list of the top party schools in the country. He takes the top 25, makes a bingo card. And so let's do the, uh, the Ted and Barney exchange here. You be Ted. Okay. So how many people are in on this party school bingo thing? Oh, it's just me. So what's the point then? The point is to get five in a row. And what do you get when you get five in a row? I get bingo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're having two different conversations. <laughs> yeah. And I can, I can see this. Yeah, this is just a challenge Barney set for himself. It doesn't matter if anybody else is involved. <laughs> we, we go to the apartment. Marshall's there helping Robin with a the thermostat. And this is the third episode in a row where we're getting... Marshall and Robin hanging out. Yeah. You know what I figured out? I read trivia that Allison Hannigan was pregnant in this episode. I was wondering if she had... had her in a lot of baggy stuff. Yeah, she had... So I wonder if they... Because Allison Hannigan couldn't be in as many scenes or something or had to shoot things separately because of the pregnancy, maybe they had Colby Smolders with Jason Segel a lot more as, you know, to give them more to do. I mean, was she... Contagious when she was pregnant? Why can't she film with other people? Because <laughs> maybe it costs a lot of time and effort and money to hide her pregnantness, mm. her pregnacities. <laughs> but yeah, there has been a lot of Marshall and Robin together lately. Robin is curious about the fact that Marshall's not going to go pick her up, and Marshall repeats the as we mature line. Robin thinks that Lily's probably going to show up anyways with a six pack. Right. And then but, we get Marshall's imagination of what's going to happen. When Lily's at the airport and he's not there. And we get a an interesting choice of a guy for Lily. Like, like this Latino male. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe it was supposed to be a, a low-rent guy. Gael. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, so yeah, just some hot guy comes up. Oh, this guy's from Spain because he's got that lisp, that Castilian lisp from Spain. Okay. You just doubt and so he admires the beer that Lily brought. And speaking of six packs, or maybe he just has a lisp. But anyways, go on. <laughs> when speaking, go ahead. Yeah, and so and then speaking of six packs, he pulls, pulls up, up his shirt, shirt and shows oh, off psh, his abs. We get and, the whip sound, right? I don't know what why this show associates uh, six pack muscles with a whip sound because I think we Somehow get this from Robin's boyfriend Nick in much later seasons. Okay, he picks up his shirt and you hear the. Whoop, psh. Hmm. Interesting. I like how here Lily throws her ring off of her finger and <laughs> it goes just off goes. with him. <laughs> this immediately changes Marshall's mind. Not this was prompted by nothing. Yeah, I mean it was just Robin saying Lily will probably get you the six pack, which you know, did he not think that through? I yeah, who knows. Right behind us, we get Lily on a plane talking to the woman sitting next to her, and giving the same talk about how when we mature, the relationship matures. This woman, knowing nothing about anybody, bets <laughs> that he'll show up anyways. Right. And then we get Lily's airport fantasy. <laughs> right. Where Marshall comes to pick her up, there's no beer, and so he flips his chauffeur sign over to someone with beer. <laughs> From Lily. And then a really tall, skinny blonde <laughs> walks up and has beer. Uh, Marshall points out that she has a six-pack, and she's an appropriate height for him, <laughs> so <laughs> he's good to go. Let's go, new Lily. <laughs> She's I did like get her own name. Yeah, I did. I liked that little detail. They really don't trust each other. <laughs> yeah, one little thing goes wrong, that whole relationship falls apart. Apparently, but, but it turns out they're going to arrive a, 
an hour early, so that'll give Lily potentially time to go get some beer. Now, first of all, we're in 2009. You cannot bring a six-pack of beer on a plane. So she wouldn't have been able to do it anyways. Could she pack it in your suitcase? I don't think you want to try and pack beer in your suitcase. That's going to get banged up. I mean, I... There's just... Mm. You don't. You can't do it. Okay. Well, maybe, stop trying. Maybe that should have been the storyline. <laughs> they have to stop doing it because of new liquid on airplanes rules. Yeah. I mean, in this case, she's already getting there to go and then going to go do it. But it sort of defeats the whole purpose because it's supposed to have something to do with where she came from. Well, maybe this is a sitcom in a world where you can bring as much liquid as you want on a plane. Oh, Jen, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> I want good, strong comeback answers, not crap like that. <laughs> Come on. Get your head out of your ass. <laughs> All right, we're back at McLaren's. Ted and Barney are still sitting there. Carl informs them that he's going to close the bar. I notice here that Carl let his hair grow out. He's got a good, good head of hair. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think I think he should keep it that way instead of the the close cut. Yeah, Carl. The way he had it nice. before made it seem like he's losing his hair and he had to cut it short. But it, this was pretty nice looking. Yeah. Barney doesn't understand anything. <laughs> Says this place is raging, yo. <laughs> right. Is that when the guy falls? I think it is, yeah. So Carl tells him that you know he's setting up cots in the church basement because it becomes a shelter on nights like tonight. Yeah, so Carl's a good dude. Barney thinks that's selfish of him. <laughs> right, because there's two very hot girls coming to meet them. So somehow they convince Carl that he should just let them keep the bar open. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Carl says, what do you two know about running a bar and Barney says serve the hotties first here's the keys that's all it took <laughs> yeah Carl's pretty easy to convince so he just yeah you know, he doesn't let them keep it open indefinitely just you know when, when they get here close it up you know but he doesn't ask when they're supposed to come <laughs> Carl is putting a lot of trust in them I guess and Ted doesn't believe it because he reacts with it wow seriously we get the narrator coming in and trying to tie this story into the past saying that um if you go back a few years, he uttered the five little words that every man at some point in his life will say, and it's at the apartment, Ted and Barney talking, Ted just out of nowhere, we should buy a bar. Well, no, they're not just talking, they're drinking beer and playing Monopoly. I didn't even see that they were playing Monopoly. Fine. <laughs> I missed that. You miss when Barney gets so excited he knocks the whole thing over? Yes, I did miss that. <laughs> That's funny. I think my head was down too much taking notes. <laughs> this conversation starts what I believe is, you know, a lot of obvious references to a certain movie. Do you know what that movie is? Cocktail. Yes. So the first part of Cocktail, Tom Cruise's character is constantly trying to talk his mentor into joining him to try and open their own bar. And I will say I only know that because you made me watch it. Well, yeah, sure. (laughs) This has always been a bittersweet thing for me. Jen will watch movies I ask her to watch and say, okay, you know, you missed all these movies from the 80s and 90s because you were just a little kid. So let's catch you up. And I'll show her these movies and sometimes a TV show. And then we'll be doing trivia against each other at a bar <laughs> on those little trivia machines. And she'll get all these answers because I made her watch certain movies and shows that she would never have gotten before. <laughs> Anyways. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah, Barney says, of course we should buy a bar. And this is where he hits the board like, and the whole game okay. explodes. <laughs> like, like this is the answer that's been sitting there all along for them. Right. So, you know, Ted has 
posited that every man utters these words. Have you ever said this? Not in this sort of drunken, excited way. I think I've had this conversation with a friend when I moved to D.C. He was talking about maybe trying to open a bar and that I could be maybe become an investor in that bar. So you've sort of had that conversation. Yeah, All right. sort of. So narrator Ted holds up. And then Barney says that he has the perfect name for the bar. It's Puzzles. He will be like, (laughs) why is it called Puzzles? That's the puzzle. Now, I always thought Ted came up with that idea and had that line. Especially because later on, we get Tracy, the mother, making mention of it. That Mm -hmm. one time she went to someone's apartment to a bar called Puzzles. Or no, no, it was McLaren's. And it was, she went there one night and it was called Puzzles that night. And she's like, I wonder why Puzzles. Oh, maybe that's the puzzle. <laughs> so I thought they were linking her to Ted through the name right. Puzzles. But it was actually Barney's idea. Hmm. Interesting. And they, they claim that there will be no last call at this place. So is that a thing you can do? Like, I, isn't there, like, laws or something <laughs> that, like, you have to be closed by a certain time or at least have to stop serving by a certain time? Probably. Most places in this country and, you know, I think Vegas... They don't have to. Right. So that's what I mean. I feel like it's like based on And maybe, I think, New Orleans. But I'm not sure about New York City. I know bars stay open very late in New York City. I'm not sure if they're open till you know, morning. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they're not. I don't recall ever being asked to leave a bar because they're closing in New York City. But Oh, interesting. Okay. But I, I'm not sure I've been there late nights very often. All right. So we close out the We Should Buy a Bar conversation. And then he talks about how, like other ill-advised five-word sentences every man eventually says in his life, one is, I can jump that far. This is a flash-forward mm-hmm. to Marshall. flash-forwards. Yeah, that's right. That's weird. How do they do that? They, I guess maybe they shot so many in advance that they were able to feed some back into this episode. That's the beauty of the show is I think they had a lot of stuff plotted out so they would film these little snippets to, to uh, you know, sub in as needed. Now, did Marshall ever regret that I can jump that uh, far? Yeah, I feel like this doesn't end up paying off in any way. I remember, I when, they, remember exactly when they all get across, they're like, all right, how are we going to get back now? <laughs> right, but it's not anything that he would have... Well, I guess he just, it just says that he's... Yeah, no, because it does say, yeah, that he would come to regret. I don't know that Marshall regretted that. Yeah, that, that's... Because you would think, like, okay, it's going to lead to him, like, breaking his leg or, you know, some sort of something. Sure. But I, I think it doesn't end up going anywhere. I could be wrong, and we'll see when we get to that episode. All right, we get the next scene back in McLaren's with Barney and... Ted trying to, again, going back to cocktail, do the Tom mm-hmm. Cruise bottle and glass flipping routine. Yeah. They're actually doing pretty well at first, and then it just <laughs> degrades. It's unclear how many bottles of alcohol they ruined in this process. You know, they say that Bruce Willis actually came up with this technique when he was a bartender in New York City. Really? Yeah. Interesting. That was not in the trivia I read. Bruce Willis doesn't necessarily take credit for it, but I've heard (laughs) others give him credit for it. Interesting. We get back to the airport. Lily's talking to somebody on the phone. Sounds like she's found a source for beer. Mm -hmm. She runs into Ranjit, who's there to pick up somebody. Rachel Sondheimer. And when Ranjit finds out that she's in trouble, he just sticks the sign for Rachel (laughs) Yeah, he abandons Rachel and goes off with Lily. 
Just dumped the client. And apparently they've run into Ranjit before because he knows, like, he should be on the lookout for Marshall. You know, is concerned that Lily doesn't have... Well, Marshall doesn't have a car, so he wouldn't have driven to the airport. He might have gotten Ranjit to take him to the airport to get her a few times. Okay. Or vice versa. I didn't think about that. All right. We're at McLaren's. Ted and Barney are still trying to work out their routines. They keep dropping bottles and glasses all over the place. Wait, so did Marshall never get a new car after the Fiera? Yeah, because Ted got a car for a little bit. Whose car was Robin Dread? Does Robin have a car? Oh, that's a good question. Maybe they rented one. Hmm. No, she doesn't generally have a car. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) So many holes in this story. (laughs) Good Lord. Like, yeah, why is Robin driving? Okay, anyway. Okay. Lily gets to... Oh, I'm sorry. So the girls show up at the bar. And I like this cadence of things here. Well, before that, they, <laughs> there's more of them attempting some moves and more things just failing. Like <laughs> I already said that. Well, it, it happens in two space, two places. So we got one shot, then we had Lily at the airport, and then they show more. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it just shows like they are they're not good at this at all. So the girls show up at the bar, and I did say that second part too already. Play it back. You didn't. You jumped right to the girls. Sure. All right, I'll probably <laughs> cut all this out, but yeah, I, I took her back and proved that I had already said it. So I may be petty and leave this all in just to uh, show that I'm right and she's wrong and nani nana. All right. The girls show up, and I really do like this cadence. They say that, thank God you're still here. One, one of them says, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Star Wars, but it's like Hoth out there. Ted, of course, being a huge Star Wars fan, goes dibs. <laughs> the second girl says, it reminds me of when I used to go sledding with my dad before he left. Barney, being a big fan of women with daddy issues, goes dibs. <laughs> um, <laughs> at one point, the second girl goes, we're, we were hoping to get drunk. I mean, really drunk, like my dad used to. <laughs> Barney. Dibsity, dibsity, dibsity. So bad, but The rest funny. of the band also, it's mentioned, are coming to meet them. Right. So Ted hesitates for a second, but eventually agrees, you know, as long as it's just you and the band, you know, and then... <laughs> Cut you 50 people in right. the bar. They're the Arizona Tech Fighting Hens Marching Band. Go Hens. So Ted and Barney have a telepathic conversation that, you know, Ted points out, you know, they have to get everyone out. Carl's going to kill them. Barney's, Barney's only song. response is... The theme song again from <laughs> from Cocktail, which is Kokomo. Right. So we get a little Aruba, Jamaica, ooh, <laughs> I want to take you. And then Ted responding, and then we just, Barney's replies are all just his face kind of going back and forth a little bit. To the As beat. the music plays. <laughs> and Ted, Ted understands. <laughs> yes. Ted thinks he has a point. <laughs> and Ted yells, the bar is open, which is a line they use a couple times in the movie Cocktail. Ah, okay. And everybody cheers. So Robin, now, so the, here's where we get Robin and Marshall driving to the airport to get Lily. And Robin's poo-pooing this whole thing. You know, what happened to, as we mature, the relationship matures with us. And Marshall walks a lot of this back. But, you know, it was something Lily read in Psychology Today. No, it was Cosmo. No, it was him that read it in Cosmo. Actually, it was Cosmo Girl. Just Cosmo Girl? Isn't all of Cosmo Cosmo Girl? I think Cosmo Girl was, like, more... Oh, um, younger. Like, yeah, aimed to the teenage market. 
<laughs> so that makes it worse. It's, he just wasn't reading the female part of Cosmo. He was reading the young Miss <laughs> yes. Cosmo version. The highlights. Young Miss. How old are you? The highlights version of Cosmo. <laughs> Is that what they used to call why? <laughs> young Miss? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Marshall's trying to inform Robin about some of the traditions that they have, like what he does the second he gets home. And Robin says, man, I don't want to hear about your crazy monkey sex. So Marshall's actually starting to spiral because it's not just saying like, oh, here's all this cute stuff that we do. It's like, here's the stuff we used to do and we're not really doing it anymore. Okay, yeah. And so, yeah, they used to tell each other what they had to eat that day, which is a really weird tradition, but, yeah, to each their own. Well, remember the thing, they talk about how, this was an older episode, I think season two maybe, where they talk about how they tell each other everything. <laughs> right. And not only that, but they want to know everything. Right. And we get Marshall telling Lily about how he drank orange juice, but then he brushed his teeth, and it's <laughs> the dullest right. story ever. And then and Lily's just enthralled. Not only is she, is she enthralled, but she's like, and then what happened? And Ted's face is just agonized. <laughs> right. So, and then after they tell each other what they had to eat that day, they have crazy monkey sex. <laughs> And then make monkey noises. Right. And so then we cut to Lily in Ranjit's car, who tells Lily that this is too many informations. Yeah. And There's lunchtime phone calls. Yeah, so we get um, an example that Lily's, you know, at their apartment and just calls say, you know, it's lunchtime and I love you. And Marshall's <laughs> giving responses and lawyer talk. <laughs> Do you want to be Marshall? I didn't really want to go through this one. Really? I like it. Okay, then we'll do it for you. We'll see how it turns out. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I guess I'll be Marshall. Okay. Or should we do a gender reversal and... Nah, let's just do it. Okay. All right, so you start with, hey, baby. Hey, baby, it's lunchtime and I love you. I reciprocate in principle. Although with a <laughs> caveat that there seems to be a bit of a surplus on my end. No, I love you more. Do we need to get in a room together and bang this thing out? <laughs> How do you not like that? That's hilarious. It was good. <laughs> Those sound like agreeable terms, although I may do need to adjust my briefs. And then very quietly. Love you, too. <laughs> when he says adjust my briefs, he makes the aren't I clever face around the room. Right. <laughs> I really liked that. I don't know. But you it was good. <laughs> I, I didn't know. We don't read back that many things, so I didn't know if it was worthy of reading back. I only did because you said you didn't like it. And I have it marked as one of my potential bests. Did I say? I didn't say I didn't like it. I just you said I didn't want to read it back. Yeah. Nah, I was going to rush through. I, didn't, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. But okay. It's read. <laughs> I mean, the thing he misses most is kissing at midnight on New Year's Eve. Last year, they it just shows them asleep in front of the TV, right? On New Year's Eve, it wasn't even last year. It's probably like the last week. Yeah, it seems like we're just past New Year's. Right. Eve. I mean, it aired yeah January 9th. So, so Robin thinks these rituals are stupid, and Marshall's starting to get a little bit smug with her that you know she's just never been in a relationship long enough. And Robin, I mean, Robin starts off. You know, kind of judgy. You know, you're like children playing house. Like She also was playing kind of both sides of this because she was the first one to say, are you really not going to go pick her up? I bet she's going to be there with true. a six-pack. Yeah, Robin's just stirring shit. <laughs> Marshall says she doesn't understand love. She's like some robot who sees a person cry and says, why is that human leaking? <laughs> right. So Robin decides that her robot is initiating... Should I do the robot voice? I don't think I can yeah. do one. All right. <laughs> 
but robot initiating pullover to the side of the road until Jackass apologizes to be sequenced. Beep bop boop beep boop bop boop bop. <laughs> and I love that Marshall's initial response was that his robot was like a million times better. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> We're back at the bar and some guy informs Ted that the is it trough? Yeah. <laughs> the trough in the bathroom is overflowing. There's no trough in the bathroom. The guy just came out of the kitchen. Barney's freaking out. He doesn't remember how to make gin and tonic. Right. So Ted's, Ted's getting frustrated, like, just wants to close the bar up. But Carl calls. He's about five minutes out, so Barney calls last call. <laughs> I do like that when Barney answers the phone, it's, puzzles, go for Barney. There's a kind of a dull back and forth with Marshall and Robin where she's starting to lecture him, being defensive about her own love life. Mm-hmm. And he just keeps telling her the plow's coming and it's going to trap them in. And right. it does. And she's very confused. Apparently she wasn't listening to anything that he was saying. Nope. So Lily and Ranji go to the store, pick up the beer. I didn't really love any of this. I no, I kind of do like the very beginning with a beer guy <laughs> saying, it's a storm of the century out there. Of course, it's only 2009. So the storm <laughs> of the century okay. might be a little bit premature. Let's say storm of the year, although it's only January. <laughs> okay, that part. The rest is kind of dull, but <laughs> right. So it turns out there's only a keg available, not a six pack. So they're gonna they, take the keg. Yeah, they go with the keg. Marshall and Robin are back in the car. You know, Marshall apologizes, and I don't really understand what happens. Like Robin opens the sunroof and then starts to move. Like did they climb out yeah, of the sunroof. Yeah, they must have climbed out of the sunroof and, and then dig themselves out. I guess was what. Well, I don't think they have to. Uh, no, I don't think they got back in the car. They just abandoned their car. On I, the think, side of the I road. think they left the car there and, <laughs> and found other modes of transportation. Okay. But Marshall had apologized, and then she helped him out in that way. Right. And I don't know if it's worth bringing up, but she, as she's about to open the sunroof, she says, Marshall. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> so after he apologizes, she says, Marshall, close your eyes. And he goes, I don't know how you heard any of that as me hitting on you, but. <laughs> And then she says, just do it. And then, yeah. Right. So that'll come the back. The snow comes down. I, <laughs> I like how this comes back around. <laughs> so they're kicking everybody out. And then, just like Barney and Ted once did, one of the fighting hen guys says to his friend, dude, he says, dude, someday we should buy a bar. And then that sort of brings Barney and Ted back to when they were wide-eyed young men wanting to buy a bar, too. And so they end up just inviting everybody back to their house. <laughs> right. They turn back to the apartment. They turn the apartment into puzzles. And then Barney comes out with, we should start a band. Of course we should start a band. How have we not started a band yet? <laughs> I mean, Marshall was in a band. They could have just come in as a trio. <laughs> Barney can sing. Ted can play the piano. I know Marshall, Marshall plays the, play piano. the piano. Yeah. Marshall could dance. <laughs> Only if it's the robot. And I thought this was a little bit clever, the mm-hmm. the point at which they're both at the airport but don't see each other. Yeah. Turns I like out Marshall's story is two days earlier. Lily's story is on Thursday where she gets there. She doesn't see him. Yeah, so the narrator points out, yeah, this was a three-day storm and everything happened on a different day. So I had to think about this really hard to kind of figure out <laughs> the time frame of all this. It's very confusing unless you kind of really focus. Right. So they do a bit of a flash. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. So Tuesday is Robin and Marshall are in the car. 
Wednesday is the whole bar thing, and then Thursday is Lily at the airport. So yeah, it's kind of cute that you know Marshall and Lily are calling for each other. They don't see each other, sit down, and it looks like they're sitting next to each other on the bench. And then like I like the shot; it pans out, and you can see that they're each on the bench alone. Right. It was cute. I liked it. And it turned out that when he was talking about how they always called each other to say "I love you" for lunch. He ignored her last call, and that was the call where she was telling him that her flight's been canceled. But I'm surprised she didn't get a hold of him again the, the next two yeah. days. That seems unrealistic. Well, no, that was Tuesday. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. So I actually thought it was kind of unrealistic that she didn't, like, text or, like, call back to be like, hey, you, you know. Never confirmed. Yeah, right. Yeah, or you didn't call to be like, hey, what are you doing? Where are you staying? Like, so I thought that was kind of weird. So the, he finds out then and there that she's coming on Thursday. He mentions to Robin, okay, let's just not even tell her about any of this, okay? Especially about the part of you hitting on me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And Robin's very confused. I didn't hit on you exactly. (laughs) So then it's Wednesday, and Marshall is at Puzzles at the apartment, yeah, with Ted and the band. And And mentally he's back to, we're not going to, I'm not going to do the sign thing. Like Ted says, and Robin really hit on you? Dude, it was weird. <laughs> I really like that trio of jokes that they pulled there. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. The fighting hen guy comes up and comes around on the party, says that, you know, if they ever need a favor, don't hesitate to ask. Barney wants to hook up with someone in the flute section. Or the whole flute section? It's unclear. And maybe the flute players are a bunch of hotties, or maybe it's just him being gross and flute is euphemistic for... No, I think it's probably him wanting to hit on the section. Traditionally, cute girls play flute. So we leave this scene thinking that Marshall's going to let it all go. And we get to the airport. Lily's sitting there looking very lonely. And then we get a slow crescendo of marching band members playing, coming out one by one playing Old Lang Syne. Mm-hmm. And it's cute because, like, the clarinet guy sits next to her first, and it just, like, it sounds very sad and kind of matches the way she looks. I feel like this is a reference to Love Actually. Again, we're back mm. to Love Actually. Yeah, good Where call. the wedding scene, all the band members and singers are revealing themselves one yeah. by one. Yeah. Very corny scene. When did Love Actually come out? It was before this, right? Yeah, I think okay. it was like 2003. Oh, that early. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's cute. So then, yeah, Marshall arrives in his little costume, tells Lily what he had for lunch, and then says Happy New Year, and they kiss. I, I I don't like the, wait, does this mean I have to bring him out? This is just stupid. Right. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and as they're closing the scene and playing faster, the woman Ranjit left behind is wandering, <laughs> wandering through. through. I noticed that, too. <laughs> okay. Where do you think I rank this? Oh, there's the end oh, tag. Okay. So uh, the... I could skip that one. Well, the conclusion is Barney got party school bingo. Yeah, true. Okay. <laughs> where do you think I rank this one? So this one's definitely top 100. Hmm. 96. No, much better, actually. 72. Hmm, okay. I think my favorite joke was the three-pronged joke about Robin hitting on Marshall. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. Um, let me look. I had a couple tagged. Oh, I think I might have to go with the totally awesome gag. <laughs> oh, yeah, that wasn't bad. Let me see what else I put as options. So, obviously, Marshall. Oh, yeah, so Marshall doing his, you know. I love you too in front of all his office mates and I also <laughs> liked Barney's argument of just the cocktail song in his head to try to convince him. <laughs> that was <Ted>. good. <laughs> I think my number two would be 
Barney's, I'm sorry, would be Marshall's robot of, why do, <laughs> why, why is that human leaking? Yeah, why is that human leaking? <laughs> That's probably my number two. Nice. My worst joke was, I think, bring the, the idea that he had to now bring a marching band every time. Okay. Picked her up from the airport. I can see that. Um, I went with the Barney's freaking out. How did you make a gin and tonic? It's just too cliche for my liking. <laughs> I didn't mind that one actually. I don't think I laughed at it, but yeah, exactly. yeah, it was kind of tough to pick a worse joke. This didn't have a lot of bad jokes in it. So if I had to pick one, it's that one. But I didn't hate it. We didn't get any messages this week, so we can go right into the where can people write to us and. <laughs> <laughs> And how do they find us? Uh, you can write to us at runklerecaps at gmail.com, on Twitter at runklerecaps, and on Instagram underscore how I met your podcast underscore. Okay, I don't have any sign off. Really? I could do a monkey. Ooh, ooh, uh, uh. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week with Pussimple. Bye, everybody. Bye.